0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate the love and support, you guys. It's humbling. It's cool to see people listening and checking out the show. So thank you so much. March4th.podbean.com, of course, is the host site. Spotify, iHeart, Apple, it's in those places and other streaming apps as well. Obviously, you're here, so you found it somehow. So if you like it, feel free to subscribe. Uh, Let a friend know, rate it on uh, Apple Podcasts. I don't know if iTunes is still, do they still call it iTunes anymore? I have an Android phone, so uh, um, I'm not sure (laughs) if they call it uh, iTunes anymore. I think it might just be Apple Podcasts now. But you can go on there and rate it, and if you give it a rating and leave a comment, I think it helps the show rank a little bit better. So obviously that's cool because it helps get more eyes and ears on the artists and the people that I feature on the show. So the guest on this week's show is none other than Zach Jacobs. He is the owner of the Ottawa Tavern in Toledo. Uh, For those of you in Toledo, you're probably familiar with it. It's been a staple for a long time. For those of you not familiar, it's just a cool – you know, you can call it pub and grub, bar, restaurant, whatever you want to call it, but, you know, live music, drinks, food, it's it's just a cool place, very unique place, um, you know, to, down to, like, the urinals and the men's bathroom, which I know sounds crazy to point out something about a place, but they have, oh, just knocked my table, I'm getting excited, um, they kind of remind me of, like, the, the Rolling Stones uh, logo, the lips and everything, but, it's just a cool vibe. It's it's at 1815 Adam Street in Toledo, Ohio. And Zach is a guy that I actually met several years ago now when he was in a band at the time called Light Horizon. And they were playing a show with my buddy Ryan Waiten and my friends in Tropic Bombs. The intro and close of which to the show the and the bumper music is from a song they have called Block the Sun off their debut album, Nuclear, Nuclear Honeymoon make sure you check it out on spotify and streaming services i digress but so zach was was uh on a show with tropic bombs i think it might have been when Is legend came to toledo and, and light horizon i think and tropic bombs were both on that show and uh zach plays guitar he sings he's just a cool dude he eventually then uh was in tropic bombs slapping some bass and now he's in whisper disco which is like a cool kind of indie pop like rock kind of funk vibe going on um, really dig their stuff and uh we talk about his journey from from being a musician to transitioning into being a business owner of the Ottawa Tavern and what's crazy is uh with this pandemic happening, they literally had their like grand reopening on Friday the thirteenth, March 13th and 2 days later had to close because of covid. So it's like this guy went from being a musician, transitioning into being a business owner, still playing music and being part of the the local music scene. And all these grand plans for for 2020 and uh, you know, um, you know, kind of reinvigorating uh the Ottawa Tavern and uh it all just came to a screeching halt because of covid and then there's been like restarts and then stops and then regulations and so I've, uh, you know, kept, you know, kind of an eye on not only uh, the Toledo music scene from from a distance now that I live in Tennessee, but also just on uh, the people that I know there, right? So I obviously still follow Zach on social media and I've, you know, just kind of kept up with uh, what's been happening. And I just thought that it would be cool to get somebody on the show with the the theme being perseverance and moving forward for the podcast, you know, to get the perspective of somebody who's uh, a young business owner in the times that we're in and what that's like, um, you know, and, and, and how it's, how it's been to navigate that. And, uh, Zach is, as you'll hear is a very affable, uh, just cordial, funny, uh, eclectic dude. And, um, also somebody that really cares about the community that he's in and, uh, you know, wants to do the right thing and has really tried to do the right thing with, uh, the Ottawa Tavern in Toledo and, making it a safe and fun place for people to uh, still enjoy the the food and the spirits and um and so so yeah man so i thought it would be cool to get him on and uh, he's a busy guy obviously being in a band and uh, his other interests uh, even outside the ottawa tavern that we talk about so without further ado i'm gonna shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with zach jacobs owner of the ottawa tavern in toledo here it is Thank you so much for taking some time. Like I said, I know you're. I know you've been really busy, uh, and obviously we're we're living in the the throes of uh, the apocalypse. It seems like, um, right. But uh, in all seriousness, man, I really appreciate you carving out some time. How how are things uh, right now today? I know it's pretty pretty fluid day to day, week to week. But how are they right now up there in Toledo?
1: Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Definitely happy to be and excited to be back on here and just to Anytime, chat with you again. Man. Uh, things are okay, you know, good, not great for as far as was going cases are back on the rise again and stuff. But, uh, you know, as far as the bar business, it's, it's going okay. It's definitely weird. It's not, not the way that I would have planned to operate this place. Um, we don't even have like live music happening right now. And we're a restaurant, which luckily we got really good food and a comfortable atmosphere, and we've been doing we've been doing just fine as a restaurant. So yeah, good, not great, surviving, not thriving. That's usually been the motto lately.
0: I feel you, ma'am. Well, to, to go back a little bit, um, you know, I, I always try to do research to prep, but so you you started out as the the manager at the Ottawa Tavern, right? Like, I mean, is yeah. this and now you're your owner? Of the Iowa yeah. Tavern, is that correct? That's correct. So, sure. how, how did this start for you, man? I mean, obviously, when I met you, you were you know playing guitar and, and Light Horizon, so uh, that was uh, you know a few years ago now. But has this always been kind of an ambition of yours to to do something like this one day? When when did this journey start with EOT?
1: It kind of it really started with getting uh, my band booked at like at local gigs around here at mostly like Frankie's and I got a job with innovation, the local promotion company, like right before they were going to take over here at the OT. Um, And I had known Cody Sizemore for a while, just, you know, working like playing shows and working with him because he was one of the, one of the guys running innovation. And he had reached out to me like, Hey, you know, what's your availability? We're expanding, looking to bring on new people. And so I met with uh, met with the owner Brock, and he basically told me, you know, we're taking over Auto Tavern, and um, you know, looking for somebody to help kind of run that and run the other bars and stuff. But as far as just bar management, day to day beer orders, whatever things like that, and then also booking shows, because they knew that I have a background and everything. So I kind of. I was for sure brought on as the low guy on the totem pole, you know, the go get coffee guy and stuff. I mean, they, you know, but I worked my way up pretty much into more responsibility here and more of a leadership role, just kind of naturally by the function of how things had to operate really. Cause it was such a small staff that you really needed to wear a lot of hats um, just to keep it going. Yeah. That went for about, Three years, I believe. And then a year ago, a year and a half ago now, um, I left and got a job at Toledo Spirits as a distiller, like doing production, making liquor. And so um, I was really happy there. I actually really love all those guys too. It was an awesome, awesome experience and just a cool job to have. Um, But how I came about even... Finding out that this place was up, you know, going to be up for sale, is that Brock, my old boss, called me one day while I was at work, and was like, "Hey, I wanted you to hear from me before you found out on Facebook." Um, you know, we're just we're folding up Innovation, at least for now, and getting out all getting out of all the bars, and I just wanted to like you know thank you for all the hard work, all the sacrifice, and all the, you know, all the shit you had to go through. Uh, working there, but you know, just just so you know, kind of thing. And so, I'd always spe- specifically loved OT. You know, I loved Frankie's, loved all the venues and stuff. Um, yeah, but OT was kind of more my baby. You know, there, there was a lot of, especially because it was newer. There was already a lot of people established in the staff who were, you know, running more stuff at the other rooms. And, uh, you know, it was my baby. So I just started kind of sweating, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to to my bar? Because even the year that I was gone, I would come here every weekend for the shows. I'd play here once a month, basically, on some band or another. And uh, I was like, man, this, somebody better not, you know, screw, get in here and screw this up. And so yeah. I started talking to um, Adam at Toledo Spirits, who's now running their cocktail bar that's attached to what they do it's really nice but i got to know him um because he was the manager here at ot for basically when it started and what a lot of people would consider like the golden years of ot like they he just did a really good job here and kind of carved out a special piece of the street and turned it into what something special for people and i got to know him and he was the one that actually kind of got my foot in the door to Little spirits but I pulled him aside and, and I was like, hey, Adam, you have like a second to talk. And I told him everything that I just heard. And I was like, OK, so what are we going to do? <laughs> Should we talk to the dudes that own Toledo Spirits? I know that they're you know, getting ready to start a brewery now on top of a distillery. I know there's a lot of balls in the air. And he was like, yeah, I'll talk to them. But I don't know if it's going to happen because of all these other projects that they're doing. But don't don't count yourself out. Like I bet you would get a lot of people to support you if you went in there. And I hadn't even considered me. I was just like, let somebody else take it over and I'll work there and help run it. Right. And uh, that was the first time it ever really dawned on me that it was like a feasible potential possibility. I was like, oh shit, okay, all right, well, (laughs) I'll think about it, you know? And that's kind of, what led me here. I had a long conversation with my family about it and had like a lot of support from them and uh, doing this venture. I had already had a pretty good relationship with Tom, the former owner, just from working here um, for so many years. We got to know each other and had a you know pretty good working relationship. And uh, so I reached out to him. We just met up for coffee one day and started talking. So, and then here we
0: That's are. That's awesome, dude. That's Eight, awesome. Nine, nine months later. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I remember going there back in the day. Um, because you got what well, you got the attic down there still, right? Are they still mm-hmm. around? Um, oh yeah. OT. Um, is Manhattan Manhattan's yes, on right. Adams too. Yep. Yeah, that that whole that whole vibe down there I always really liked. And and the OT too has has a lot of character. I mean, even even just the dudes just going into the john like the 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 urinals are like something you're not going to see everywhere you know what i mean even all yeah we we
1: definitely we kept the urinals we've changed a lot about basically a lot of the interior design of it but we kept the urinals for sure those are like a tourist attraction on their own
0: yeah for people listening the the urinals if you're wondering why zach and i are are discussing urinals right now it's because uh if you're familiar with like the rolling stones logo I, i would say that's for, to give people a visual, it's pretty, pretty yeah. similar to that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they're, they're big red lips that you piss in. <laughs> and they even have, like, teeth. Um, I, I don't even think about it anymore, being a mouth, because I've just, I've just peed in it so many times. <laughs> the novelty <mouth> is <laughs> worn off, but people come in and they lose their shit. And there was some—actually, my grandma was here the other day, and my grandma is a wild child. And she was like, "Well, you know, what you gotta get for the ladies' rooms is like big open mouths or like tongues." I was like, "Oh my god, Grandma!" <laughs> I understand how I got here and everything, but like, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <gonna do> <laughs> but I'll look into it, kind of thing. Take it under That's the awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, and I know, and I've I've been kind of keeping keeping up with stuff online too. Um, uh, Pat McDonough, I, I went to high school with. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he did, did he do some artwork there, too? He did. Him
1: and, his, him and his dudes from his tattoo studio, Mike Schlischer and Jory Henry, the three of those guys, and they had some other guys helping, but primarily those three did a really, really stunning mural on the wall for us um, <clears throat> right before we opened. And there was a mural before that was done for, uh, by Yellow from P Andrews Z. that was actually done while I was working here. Um, but we painted every single wall in this bar, and then we left that, and then I was just like, let's leave it to the end and see if it works. And it just didn't work at all. So we had to paint over it. And there was a couple of people that were kind of sore about it, but it's you know it just wasn't going to make any sense with the color scheme and the vibe and everything in here. Um, so as much as you hate to cover up, it is really cool. You know, it's much. You hate to cover it up. It just had to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, at the end of the day, it's like you're. It sounds like you're trying to, you know, keep the character of the place, but at the same time, have like your own new tradition going forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a fresh start. Definitely a lot of homage to what it's been throughout the years and what it's meant to people, but also. You know, let me slap my stink on it. Here's what here's what I think we can do with this place, and a lot of you know, overwhelmingly, people have been supportive about the decisions that we've been making.
0: Well, that's cool, man. And um, you know, yeah. I, I that was one of the things I was interested in talking to you about, just this development and getting to where you are now with the OT, because I think there's a lot of people out there who you know, have ideas or, you know, whatever city they're in, whether they're plugged into the music scene or the local bar scene. um, I I always wonder myself out of my own curiosity what that's like becoming a business owner or how one gets into that. So I think it's cool to hear that, you know, you, you know, you you had this aspiration. It was always something that, uh, you know, a place that you went and played shows and stuff and, and, and had the, uh, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Just the the notion to even uh, the wherewithal to, to reach out and say, hey, what can we make happen here? Because I think that's so much of it, right? We're, what's that old yeah. quote? It's like uh, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. And you had like the courage to be like, yeah, I want to, you know, I hope mm-hmm. somebody's involved with it somehow. And then the why not me thing. So I think that's cool, man.
1: Yeah, if not, that's what I kept telling myself, too, because it was obviously a nerve wracking venture even yeah. before all the COVID stuff it was going on you know, around the end of the last year into January. And I just kept repeating myself, you know, if, if not me, then who, and if not now, then when, right. Yeah. And so I just felt like I particularly was the right person to come in and do this. Cause I already worked here and already knew all the people on the street, you know, all of our neighbors and live in the community right now, you know, two minutes from here. So I was like, you know, if if not me then who's, who else is gonna do it? So it was, it was kind of a cool right right person at the right time, right place kind of thing.
0: And you mentioned covid and and I don't want to hammer you too much with with those questions like I told you before because i I know you've been interviewed multiple times by people locally. Um, they
1: won't leave me alone Mike the, the news <laughs> calls me like once a week. and I'm like,
0: it's because you're nice. It's because yeah. you're nice. And you're articulate, and you're well-spoken, Zach. Seriously, that's why. I
1: I seem to piss people off every time I go on there, though. It's just because I'm like, hey, we have to wear masks, and we're planning on uh, making you have to wear a mask when you come in the bar. And then, you know, well, like, the the comment section of the local news anything is always a shit show. It's, like, literally the belly of the Internet. You are like, I can't believe I live around this many stupid people, (laughs) so I don't even read it anymore. But if if I'm you know an article about me is posted up there, or if I'm in some segment, then I got to read it just to see. And there's just people that are like, I'm so insensitive. I have asthma. Like, uh, so does like everybody that works here. And We wear it for like 12 hours a day. You can wear it for 45 seconds when you come in. Yeah. You know, yeah. But that's that's why they keep getting me on. I think so. Just stir up the crowd. <laughs> I don't even think I say anything that's that controversial. Just like. If you can't wear a mask, if you're that unhealthy, then maybe going in public during a pandemic isn't, like, the right choice for your health. We offer curbside pickup. We are on DoorDash. Like, there's other ways that you could access us without having to come in and risk exposure. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so, you know, with with all that, I mean um... – Cause you guys were doing some renovations and, and sort of like a, like had planned for like a, a grand reopening. What was it in March? Like right, right when all this stuff kind of happened, I mean, how, how's it been in the last seven, eight months? Just, just navigating it to now. I know it's kind of a broad question cause there's, there's a lot that's happened, but
1: it's been very interesting and um, you know, scary at times, but a, I mean, a huge learning experience. You want to talk about your first year in business. We were open March 13th. So Friday the 13th, which I take all the blame for all of this because it's my fault. Open on Friday the 13th <laughs> to be fair it was my, it was my dad's birthday and I wanted to book like one of his favorite bands to play here for his birthday. Big grand opening of the bar bash thing. And it was going to be awesome. And it was still awesome, but we were open. um, That Friday, I think Wednesday or Thursday, right before that, things really just started avalanching with COVID and everyone just like, it's like hitting America. And so by the 15th, um, governor DeWine ordered all bars closed at 9 PM or something. And I had found that out early on in the day. So I just didn't even really bother opening, you know? So we were really open for two days. We had a couple days, soft open, but as an open establishment open to the public for business we were open for two days and then we we're shut down for another month and a half no two two and a half months because we opened back up in june so dang it was wild <laughs> it was like re- it was like realizing your dream and it was like right in front of you right but then it's just like it turns into sand or something like you like you had it you were holding it and then it just disintegrated And it was a crazy, crazy time for me. Obviously, like, mental state and emotional well-being were at considerably low points. Um, But, you know, I had tremendous support from my family, from my fiancé, and our community, even though everybody, we were all going through it. We were all scared as shit. We don't know what was going to happen, you know. I couldn't get toilet paper like like the world was ending oh my god but I just I had my dream right there and then I got to really enjoy it for two days even though it was under um, capacity limits too even that weekend we had to do under 100 including staff and bands that was the the order Um, which was fine because I bet if we had been open to full capacity we would have got our asses kicked back in and out. You know? <laughs> our first day in business, yeah. you, want it to be, you want it to be busy, but you don't want it to be like a shit show. So it kind of, it kind of all worked out. Um, but, you know, it was tough times there for a while. They had to have a GoFundMe, which raised $5,000 in eight hours or something like that.
0: Yeah, I saw that. You and, and it got to, it got what close to six or seven, like total It ended up with uh,
1: yeah, it was over seven. It got to I think it was a it was like three thousand in eight hours, five thousand by the end of a one day. And then I we did like a special live stream O T event with uh some local artists and it pushed us over the seventy two, seventy three hundred mark. Which was, I mean, that saved us. Like, it literally saved us. Because I still had to pay the electric bill. I still had to pay, you know, rent. I still had to pay all these expenses. But we had effectively two days of sales to go on. Um, So it was, like, huge. that Like, people did that for us and did that for me. So I'm still working out a way to try to properly think them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I think, I, I think, I think that's that's awesome that um, stuff like that exists. You know, the the GoFundmes and and you right. know, because you think about that, you know, people people talk about unemployment and, and the stimulus checks and stuff, but when you really look at how far that stretches for the average person, you know yeah, what I no. mean? It's especially that's in your really case tough. trying to run a business uh, and keep keep people working uh, or right. keep people. You know, be able to keep people around when things open back up. I think that's that's really cool that the the Toledo community stepped up for you, man.
1: It was absolutely crucial. It was so crucial. And had we had 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 we had time to be a little bit more established, um, I would have kept open during those first couple months where it, like you could go to a bar for to go food. You couldn't dine in. It was just like curbside pickup or carryout but we had really had two days to be open to let people know that we have really good food here and everything. And I was also just with everything going on. I didn't know what the hell was happening. These guidelines that they're putting out don't really seem to line up and don't, you know, there's, I just have a lot of questions. I was more afraid of getting into trouble doing something I didn't know I was doing wrong. And so I just, I didn't want to mess with it. We, you know, we weren't established enough to, for people to even think about, Food. Oh, Ottawa Tavern. At that point, Um, so it just, it just, the expenses just kept piling up. You know, I'm also very, very cautious when it comes to health and safety of my community. I know that there's a lot of businesses that are considerably more cavalier than I am, and it's really kind of disappointing. But I will be the last guy to do shit. Really, like, I'll let it, I'll let it happen and see how it works out. And then I'll grow and learn from other people's experience and I'll do it myself. Like shows and stuff, people call every week. Hey, I'm on tour and I'm trying to get my band booked to the OT. I'm like, first of all, how the fuck are you on tour? Where are you playing? Right. It's like, I could fit, you know, not nearly enough people in this room to make it even feel good as a show. And everyone would have to be seated the whole time. Like, dance floors are technically open. By state order, I have no idea how without getting into that risky zone of bunching up and not social distancing, because apparently the order is dance floor is open, but you still have to be six feet apart. But what what is that? How how is that functional to reality? So I'm like, okay, cool. Not going to do it. Right. So it'd be like you and 30 of your closest seated friends come enjoy a show at the Ottawa Tavern while you all sit. The whole time it's just not that's not the way i want to run it it's not the product i want to put out
0: yeah so. yeah well i commend you for being cautious man because i think at the end of the day like my day jobs in healthcare um not on the clinical end of things but on the supply chain end of things but at the same time right. like the the work that i do during the day you know it involves medical products and and all that stuff and um you know we the, the company that I work for has a lot of hospitals throughout throughout the nation. And, um, you know, you see the COVID numbers and it's like, it, it's, it's really sad to me that number of people who, who aren't taking this seriously, especially when you consider it's a new disease, the long term effects, which we don't really know yet, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be an alarmist for anybody who listens to this, but it's like, you know, be safe, be smart, like, don't take that chance, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, that's for me, too. It's just, it comes down to making good choices for your health and mitigating uh, risk and long-term consequences. Now I understand that some people are like, you know, we all just got to get it and get over it. But like, that's not going to happen for a lot of people. And if everybody in America at all gets it, that's going to so overwhelm our healthcare system. And also like, you don't know. The long-term effects, like you were saying, people can't smell or taste since they got it. They're forming blood clots. They're having other, like, mental, like, issues going on. You know, cognitive disabilities now because of this. What is a, oh, it's just the flu. Like, the flu doesn't fuck you up like that, man. It's particularly some heavy shit. So why don't we just play it safe? That's why, I, you know. I I will proudly be the business that at the end of this, if it all comes out that this was all a big sham and way overblown and overhyped, which I don't, then I will, I will be the guy that erred on the side of your safety happily every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that's, that's for me.
0: Yeah. If I were, if I were uh, in your shoes, man, I'd, I'd want to be on that side of the fence too. You know? Yeah.
1: And a lot of people, come here and they don't even go out other places because they're like, oh my God, when I come here I know that I actually feel comfortable being here. You know. Now there's always instances where things get slightly out of hand for a second and then we're like, hey, nope, remember, you have a mask on. You're like, you're just standing right next to somebody, you have to fucking wear a mask. You don't know them. And like, oh yeah, okay. All right. And, you know, but it's always like I don't know. Manageable. I've cut down seating capacity in here a lot. And we've hit that capacity a couple times. Mostly for brunch. People love brunch, Mike. People well, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, brunch, I think brunch is univer- is a universal love. Um yeah, so, loves- so has has the uh the takeouts and the DoorDash and stuff, has that been um sustainable enough with the restrictions that, that to be able to keep you guys doing okay?
1: Um, yeah, we haven't gotten a, in like a too crazy amount from DoorDash yet, but we're also still building, you know, we're relatively new on the platform and most people probably don't even know that we have food. still, right. Which is kind of why I wanted to get on a platform like that. Um, and takeouts, you know, we'll get a couple every day, but our dine-in does okay. You know, like we were able to still keep the lights on while still having it, That's a reduced capacity that keeps people safe. Of course, I would love to pack 200 people in here and have a band, you know, slamming it on the freaking stage. But that's going to be a little while. (laughs) So, you know.
0: Well, I think if you can get through this, you can get through anything, man. You know, That's
1: what I keep thinking, but I'm uh, with the idea being that anything is better than this. Right. So hopefully that's where the trend starts going right Um, i don't know know what the hell is going to happen with the state of the world and everyone's like oh just 2020 like i I don't think things are immediately going to go to being awesome at on january 1st 2021 i think we're kind of in a long haul especially the way that we've responded to this virus as a country
0: i hope i hope people are smart over the next um couple of months with cold and flu season you know i think um you know, a, a name that I feel comfortable throwing out there, and I, and I will again say that while I, I work in healthcare uh, during the day, uh, I am not a COVID expert, but but a guy whose advice that I, I really do trust, and was was a guy who who I listened to on on Joe Rogan show before um, all this really kind of came down the pike is uh, uh, Michael Osterholm. So he's a, he's a dude that I I feel comfortable saying on on this show, and even in this conversation with you that. Um, he he was kind of right about everything that's happened um he's a guy that's had experience for a long time so my advice is if i had to throw out a name it would be his um sure. and for people to just pay attention to the science man sure. <laughs> you know it's kind of bums me out that we have to like yeah. say say those kind of things but i just um this isn't a matter of belief or opinion it's a matter of like literally life and death and you know diseases that we're still learning to 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 figure out so
1: yeah, uh, yeah. don't want to get
0: too preachy, but, but, uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing, you know, just being a dude from Toledo, uh, sure. like myself and, you know, keeping an eye on it back home and family and friends and stuff that I still have there. So I, that, you know, it's not an enviable situation that you're in being a brand new business owner, like you said, and dealing with all this, man, but I think you've handled it about as good as you can handle it.
1: Yeah, I'm trying, you know, I, I give a shit, right. <laughs> I also, fortunately, uh, One of my best friends is a doctor, like an ER doctor. He actually was like a year into his residency uh, at St. V's when all of this started really going off. And he's been a constant source of advice. Um, And so that's been really good. And also, he's also, we're in a band together. We're in Whisper Disco together. Um, So that's cool and even with him being an ER doctor during a pandemic the dude still writes more songs than all of us <laughs> it's like <a> machine, <laughs> man. it's crazy
0: yeah transition into that dude uh you know you mentioned whisper disco um i i really loved what you guys put out i mean i, I cold cold blues is, is a is a fun track but uh, i also really like stay uh, oh, yeah. i hate making comparisons but i feel like that one kind of almost had like a a cure-esque the cure-esque kind of vibe to it i don't yes, know if anybody's that. said that i i hate comparing uh, artists but um for the sake of that and then gaslight i really like the last one too i mean the whole thing was really good but um yeah. but for people who don't know yeah zach also plays guitar he's a musician um light horizon uh you were in tropic bombs um yeah. how how big has music even been for you through all this to to, to continue to just have that you know.
1: Oh my god, it's been awesome. So really, the only the band that I, the only band that I'm with anymore is Whisper Disco, and um, obviously we're not playing any shows, so it's allowed us to work on new material. Like we have, we got a lot of songs that we're working on right now that are either finished or pretty on their way. That I'm super excited about. We're talking about uh, maybe doing like two EPs. And it's, it's funny because we keep all growing in different directions, especially, you know, in these times. And it's a bit like a really good thing. But we want to do, we kind of have a collection, like a chunk of songs are more like light, like stay, like the song you mentioned, kind of lighter, more airy, more in your feels, vibey stuff. And then uh, we have another collection that's kind of like heavy. I've got really into kind of like stone or doom rock. Ever since I worked at Toledo Spirits, the dude I work with there, Matt, was really into stuff like Ty Sigal and King Tough and the Black Angels and hearing it every day, I'm just like fucking in love with it now. <laughs> so a lot of stuff that I'm I'm putting forth and a lot of the like we'll just you know, we always share songs and stuff and a lot of stuff I'll throw to our group chat, like, don't check this shit out. It's been like that. So we're like kind of we wanna do <laughs> and you'll I'm finally talking to somebody who is old enough to remember this, but Nelly's sweatsuit double album how there was sweat and suit yeah one was like in the club sweat party jams the other one's like a night out at a fancy you know this is like the classy so we want to do like uh, a light and dark ep i don't know if we're gonna call it whisper and disco or uh razzle and dazzle or something but it'll be something
0: dude that would be cool that'd be real cool
1: yeah and we have it's like not even that it happened intentionally It just kind of how like tonally these songs came out like one side is like that and the other side's like heavy funk do me shit it's really cool
0: because thrice did what the the alchemy index too oh. uh a buddy of mine andy was was really into that record where they did uh kind of like what you're talking about they had more airy stuff then there was like fire it was like elements you know right. from what i remember on that one right well yeah, that's awesome sure. dude and, and your fiance's in that one with you too right and she, she,
1: she does the vocals on stay
0: and if, if we give if we give her a shout out, it's it's Kirsten, right? Kirsten. Kirsten. Okay. My my apologies. That's why I oh, wanted okay. to say. I wanted to make sure that I I, I, I didn't want to butcher it, and I butchered. It.
1: No, every, trying, everybody. about it, it It's not it's not just you. It's literally everybody in the whole world. <laughs> I actually keep she, telling her that when we get married, she should just change her first name too. <laughs> I
0: just people I, say my name like Bauman, Bowman Bowman. Um, yeah. Very seldom people say bomb, and so my well, my apologies, Kirsten, if you listen to this, I gave I gave it a whirl, man. Um, She's gonna
1: appreciate that you even cared enough to correct it.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm trying to remember if I don't know if we've ever formally met, but I we've we've definitely been in the same yeah. you know like when you guys played on the show with uh, he is legend and Tropic Bombs back in the yeah. day with Light Horizon we've we've definitely been in the same concert venues before for shows but um and she does she's still doing well i mean obviously there's not shows right now but to give her a shout out to snow fox photography is it
1: yeah so she has had a couple shoots over this um not many because there aren't really events but she's gotten like engagement shoots and stuff it's definitely um excuse me it's definitely slowed down for her without fans really needing promos and and live shots, but she um, she actually has started working here since we reopened in June. So she's one of my like main bartenders, and so she's been keeping pretty busy with that and doing an amazing job.
0: But uh, and you yeah, guys just would well, you celebrated the anniversary too, right? Yeah, From yesterday. What I saw on social media. I don't want to sound six like a stalker, sure. but you know doing doing six homework days. for the interview. It's
1: <laughs> homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was six years yesterday.
0: Congrats, man.
1: Thank you crazy i met her on tinder and now we have a house and two cats and we're gonna get married i don't know (laughs) hey
0: man however you can find love or whenever it finds you man what you know it's it's a beautiful thing yeah definitely well before 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 i let you go man um you know stay it staying on on the music side of things um you mentioned the whisper disco stuff I mean how how long have you been playing guitar now? Uh,
1: about I would say like 16 years now. Yeah, pretty much I should be a lot better than I am because I I turned 30 over over summer. So yeah, it's been 16 years. Fuck so man, what
0: what drew you to to um Music initially—that's one question I always like to ask people. Like, what what grabbed them initially? Like, some of my earliest music memories are listening to Tom Petty in the living room with my dad. That's why I like Free Fall. And even though I'm very much rooted in heavy music, that's always been like the vein I've been in in rock and roll. Like, um, uh, Free Fall is always like always going to be one of my favorite songs. What do you remember? Like your first musical memory, or kind of what grabbed you and sent you down the rabbit hole?
1: I have very. like, specific memories of my dad and I driving around and, you know, he would just, like, take me on little missions with him just, like, as dudes, and he would jam uh, Dookie by Green Day, that whole record, and then um, pretty much just Van Halen, so Green Day and Van Halen, and then my mom, I remember being at home with her, and she'd be cleaning or whatever, and she would be Madonna and, uh, like, a lot of Cyndi Lauper like more of that, like 80s synth poppy stuff, which kind of explains my entire musical taste. <laughs> <laughs> it is today. Um, it's kind of like somewhere in the middle of Madonna and Van Halen, I guess. I don't know what the hell that leaves me at, but Whisper Disco. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I just, it's very vivid. I'll always remember that. And also, the I don't remember the name of it, but the Aerosmith record where it had the cow with the pierced nipple. My dad jammed the hell out of that one all the time. I just remember that like being a very vivid visual memory of like, why has that cow got a a nipple ring? (laughs) Because I I was didn't even know nipple rings were a thing for people, let alone for cows. That cow is on the fucking cutting edge, you know, that cow was into some some shit.
0: So what do you what are you listening to, what do you listen to now? You mentioned the the doom metal stuff. Um, what, yeah. What's what's kind of on the on the rotation right now for you?
1: So definitely a lot of that, um, a lot of King Khan and the Barbecue Show, uh, Shannon and the Clams, and then uh, Sam Cooke, uh, Smokey Robinson, pretty much that era of early R and B rock and roll. Um, and then a lot of musical theater, actually, because I have gotten very involved in musical theater as of a little over a year ago, and I'm kind of hooked on it now. Actually, Whisper Disco was supposed to do Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and we are supposed to be the Angry Inch, which is the band. And it's like a musical that's been on Broadway. like won Tonys and shit. Neil Patrick Harris was Hedwig. Um, oh, right on. That was canceled. Also, it was supposed to be in March. got canceled. We're going to do it again next year, hopefully. That's still the plan. But a lot of that, that was actually the first music I played after everything shut down. And, you know, we were at home just eating macaroni and cheese and playing Animal Crossing. And I was like hurting from all of the shit that we were getting yanked away. The bar, the musical, probably, you know, our wedding was supposed to be in May, probably gonna have to cancel that. And it was like shitty times when I went back and played a couple songs from Hedwig and the angry inch and me and Kirsten like just sat in my room and like cried, just cried and cried. And we were both sick, like sick as a dog, weirdly. Uh, don't know if it was ever Corona, but uh, it was all the symptoms certainly. But I just remember being like, I don't even really have my voice back yet, but I got to play and sing these songs and like feel something. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt real bad. But I got to just like, got to rip that bandaid off, you know? I can't just keep avoiding music because I can't do it like I wanted to. So it was like a really cathartic experience actually. It was kind of cool.
0: So well, I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you got somebody to 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 share that with especially musically man like you know that's that's yeah. pretty cool that you guys have that connection with the bar and the music and and you mentioned the musical theater you were, you were you guys did was it Rocky Horror Picture Show at uh, was that at Collingwood
1: yeah. Yeah. So we did um, their production of American Idiot, the Green Day musical, uh, last summer. And that was my first ever musical. I wasn't even really into musicals. I thought they were kind of stupid. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, I guess I like fucking musicals now. <laughs> like, well, we do Rocky Horror every year. And I was like, all right. Well, I I was in the ensemble for my first show. So I think I'm just going to try to be Frankenfurter now. like." And everyone's like, you know, that's like really hard to do. Right. Like, well, yeah, but I'm going to try out for it. You know, (laughs) I got the hair, I could do it. (laughs) And it was like the literally the most fun I think I've ever had performing in my entire life. I've never had an experience where I just walk on stage and 600 people like scream at the same time. It was insane. Not that I do it. (laughs) That's so overwhelming. And, like, nothing I've ever experienced, you know, I didn't even do anything. I just, like, walked out and looked like that. And then people were like, fuck! <laughs> so fun. And, like, we've gotten to know lifelong friends through that. Like, through doing theater with that company. Um, actually, so much so that our, our wedding is going to be at the Collingwood on that stage. And our director is in my wedding party, too.
0: Dude, that's awesome! You know, all the years I lived in Toledo, I'm I'm sheepish to admit this, but um, I've never been in there. It looks like such a cool building. I used to work with somebody at the Andersons years ago who was in. uh, She might still be in if there's still a thing the Toledo Tassels and like. I never, I never got a chance to to go to Collingwood. So when life gets normal again, when I get back home, I wanna, I wanna get back up there and and check that place out because there's a lot of history there.
1: It is really cool. It's like a cool old creepy haunted luigi's mansion but for like, <laughs> for like artists and weirdos to come do whatever it is that they do with their art or their performance or whatever
0: it's yeah super- i gotta get up there and check it out man well hey i told you i keep you at 10 after we're right on the button there's a couple quick things i want to ask you before i let you go man okay uh, real quick if you and thanks again so much dude for your time because i know it's been crazy i really appreciate it man
1: i'm really happy i finally got A little bit to just sit down with you and and talk
0: yeah dude it's it's been it's been fun any any time man you're welcome anytime and uh i like i said i really appreciate what you're doing um if you could put three records in a time capsule for people in 4020 what what would those records be and they don't have to be like your the, the three best or whatever just just three three that that you feel like speak to you musically Records that, that say you'll, you, you'll still be listened to when you're 75, 80 years old that you'll still think are cool, what would those records be?
1: All right. Um, that's a doozy. I would say I feel like I can't ever pick any, but, uh, okay, I'll just go with uh, Abbey Road, um, the Hedwig and the Inch soundtrack because <laughs> it's really good. It's like just like legitimately really good. It's stupid good. Uh, The third one, man, I don't even know. There's just so many. Uh, Probably "You Come Before You" by Poison the Well.
0: Yeah. Right on. I think that speaks to your eclectic taste too. That's that's three very different records. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I had to, you know, show the love. I can't just be like, uh, the first three Metallica records. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you mentioned you mentioned your dad jamming Van Halen. Obviously, R.I.P. to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, yeah. your favorite favorite Van Halen record or Van Halen riff? Since you're you're somebody who's you know can play can play ah. mean guitar.
1: Dude, Eddie tore it up all over the. How do
0: even fucking pick one? Uh, well, if you, yeah, if you can't narrow it down to one, because you're right, that's that, might, that maybe is too, too direct.
1: I ain't talking about love, that intro. Oh, so fucking nasty. And, uh, man, just kind of, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll go with that as being my favorite. That would be the one. Because everybody says eruption, right? <laughs> the guy just like. Made everybody want to quit playing guitar after that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the last one before I get you out of here, man um if you could if you could have a band uh anybody alive or dead who who would those people be?
1: um I'd prefer them to be alive. They wouldn't do me much good if they're dead <laughs> 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 Shit, I guess it would depend on what kind of band I would want to be. Really, all I want to be is some fucking crooner, dude. So I would go with, like, Chuck Berry, Sam Cooke. You said how,
0: how many? Whoever how you many? want. And see, that's why I tried to think about that, because you have a eclectic taste. Because normally I tell people, like, if you had two guitarists, a bassist, a drummer, and a singer, who would it be? But, you know, to your point, you could have a keyboardist. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys got some funk in the, the Whisper Disco sound. So, right. you know, there might be other other positions, you know?
1: yeah um, man, it would definitely be Phil linet on bass from Tim Lizzie. Uh, Sam Cook. <laughs> I mean, they're both great vocalists, so that would, that would be stupid. Uh, let's go with Keith Moon on the drums uh eddie on lead guitar yeah i think that's a good that that doesn't make any goddamn sense i don't even know what they would sound like but (laughs) it would be fucking something
0: hey man it it would be awesome well zach thank you so much i really appreciate the time dude um i will make sure i share the link to the socials can we can we give people a song on this one if you want to chew on it a little bit and just and just shoot me a text, but uh if, if I'd love to I always love to share music from, from whoever I have on here too. If they want to play, oh put yeah, like there. a disco song. Yeah. Yeah, pick pick whatever one you want. Definitely. Oh. Coolio, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, dude. I've kept you four minutes over. Um well, like I really kind of- appreciate the time. Let's definitely keep in touch. And when life is normal and, and I get back home and visit some fam and friends in Toledo, I'm definitely gonna stop by the OT man. Really appreciate what you're doing.
1: I would really love to see you, man.
0: Likewise, dude. Well, stay safe, dude. Appreciate the time. Keep in touch. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, dude. All righty-dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Zach Jacobs, owner of the Ottawa Tavern, also a member of the Cool rock indie funk pop disco all these different influences whisper disco out of toledo ohio i will make sure i put up the links for all the socials but you can follow him at jack zacobs on instagram you can also follow the ottawa tavern on instagram at ottawa tavern 419 Um, and and also i want to give a shout out to his lady kirsten she's an awesome photographer as is also in whisper disco but uh, Snow Fox Photography, if you're in the Northwest Ohio area, man, make sure you check that out. I wanted to give a shout out to her and her work because she does uh, amazing uh, photography. But but yeah, man, I, I just thought it was really cool to uh, to catch up with Zach. And Zach, thank you again so much for doing the show. I greatly appreciate it, man. I know you're a busy guy, so I'm glad we got to carve out some time finally and uh, you, know, you know, get a chance to have a, a good conversation in the midst of uh, all the the craziness and the whirlwind that has been 2020, man. So thank you so much. Um, and thank you to to all of you for listening. You know, like I said, I, I try not to get too preachy on here. I've really tried to avoid a lot of the political stuff um, and, and even some of the stuff with the coronavirus because uh, while I work in healthcare, I'm not a clinician. You know, I'm not on the front lines um, like, like you know, people like my mom. You know, she's somebody that still interacts with patients, uh, as do the nurses, You know, in these facilities, uh, and and the nurses, aides, and you know, um, occupational therapists, physical therapists, all these people that that you know, day in and day out, and not even that, you know, uh, not even the clinicians, but in the hospitals, you know, you got the maintenance workers, you got the environmental services workers, you got the the dietary folks. You know, um, there's a lot of people. The respiratory therapists, the uh, central supplies technicians, the sterile processing folks, all these people, mailroom. You name it, uh, IT, human resources in, in, in hospitals across the country that, uh, that literally are going into like the belly of the beast every single day with, with these hospitals. So, you know, I, I, again, I just ask that you just be safe, social distance, please wear a mask, and, and just keep those folks in mind. So, yeah, I hope you guys dug that show. Again, I threw out the name Michael Osterholm just because he's somebody that, uh, I feel like is a wise voice on all these things. I, I wouldn't have said his name if I didn't think that he was somebody that would be providing reliable information if you're curious to kind of do your own homework on COVID-19. But uh, he was somebody at the front of this that, that, you know, got me to really, you know, take it seriously and think that it was going to be, you know, not something that was just going to blow over and it hasn't um, and it didn't. And he's somebody that's, you know, uh, continuing to be a voice and preaching about, how you know? Sadly, unfortunately, it's not going away anytime soon. So, take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation, man. I think I think Zach has done a really great job of uh, help keep his business open, uh, but but not at the detriment of of you know public health and public safety in the community that he's in. Um, I, you know, they did they did a GoFundMe where they successfully raised. Uh, over seventy three hundred dollars of a five thousand dollar goal just to just to help stay afloat you know for for covid nineteen and covid relief and and uh, they had two hundred ten donors man um and I just think that speaks a lot about the Toledo community. I feel very fortunate to have met. People like Zach, uh, people like Ryan, Wayton and and you know the friends that I that I have in that music scene that I that I hope I will continue to have going forward, well into my years, man, uh, and, and hopefully old age, because there's a lot of really really good people there, and it's always awesome to go home, and it's it's really cool to see people like Zach uh, continuing to keep like a good vibe there, and yeah, be good to each other, man. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. I'm going to leave you. With a song from Whisper Disco, which features the one and only Zach Jacobs, who was kind enough to do this show. Their, Their debut record, Stages, came out August 31st, 2018. You can find it on Spotify. This song is called Code Blue. Peace.
2: Where you going, and same is true for me
1: All we have now is a moment We could finally see Words were spoken, drinks were flow And we were feeling free
2: Don't be scared now, honey child Take my hand and follow me
1: stranger, I swear I mean no danger, there's an old soul traveling the same road you were walking down, those circumstances, a thousand passing glances, two ships passing in the night top sea, Feet it feeding the